There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining us in spirit today is Mr. Centauri Minor and helping us move from awareness to action this week is Carlos Hidalgo. He is an entrepreneur, a TEDx speaker. He is the author of the new book, The Un-American Dream. Welcome, Carlos. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, great to talk to you. Yeah, I'm excited to excited to dig into everything that you're working on. Um, maybe a good jumping off point would just be to hear, hear your background and what led you to the work that you are doing today. It's a big question, but we will give it a shot. Yeah, it, it is a big question. You know, my background primarily has been in B2B marketing both on the agency side and the the client side. I made two brief stops in nonprofit, but uh, still was able to apply my marketing skills and expertise in those areas. And for the past 25 years, that's what I've I've done. And in 2005, I left a promising career at a software company to uh, take the entrepreneurial leap and see if I could make a run at starting my own business. And um, really what what drove that decision at that time, my children were all pretty small. I had four, four children, have four children, and I was traveling all over the world with a software company and I just wanted to be home. Yeah. And so that, that was great, but it only lasted for a pretty short period of time as our agency started to grow. Um, and I tell people the difference between what happened at the software company and what happened with the agency was a very small word, but a very big thing called ego. And uh, as our agency started to grow, as I was being uh, asked to come speak at conferences and had brand name clients calling us saying, we want to work with you. And then having people come and say, we want to work with you. And then in 2015, I published a book, which people were uh, which which became a Amazon number one new release. And, and I just couldn't get enough of it. And so what happened is I not only repeated the uh, um, not being home with that I had at the software, but on top of it was my ego and just a total lack of presence and availability uh, to my family, my wife, my kids. Um, and what led me to the work I'm doing today is exactly that pattern and that approach because in 2016, I decided to leave that agency. Uh, to get my life back, to get my marriage back, to to realign myself and my purpose and my priorities. And when I left, what I found was this wasn't just me. I wasn't unique. I had a lot of colleagues who were in the same boat, just none of us ever talked about it. And so since the release of The Un-American Dream in June, I've been talking about uh, the perils of workaholism, the negative impact it 
as um, sharing my story. My wife has shared her side of the story. She has a very poignant chapter in the book. And uh, working with people and coaching executives to say, hey, you can still be successful, but your work doesn't define you. It's not your identity and it's not your worth. Got it. I I appreciate that. And I certainly also very much appreciate um, you being candid about about the struggle that we probably all face that, you know, that that that, that struggle with with our egos. Yeah. What was was there some trigger in 2016? Was it? for lack of a better term, rock bottom of some kind? You know, that's the term I use. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, at that point, my, my wife and I, we'd been married at that point over 20 years. And, uh, you know, nobody, nobody goes into their marriage thinking, I'm going to neglect this relationship. And over time, it definitely happened. And we were separated and, and talking about a divorce. And at that point, that's a real wake-up call to say, wait a minute, this this is all there is. This is what I was was working so hard for. So definitely had that that rock bottom moment, uh, and which was a huge wake-up call to say, hey, I've got to fix some things about me of where I'm drawing my identity from, where I'm drawing my worth from, how much I'm putting into a business. Surely I want to be successful. And I believe there's pride in working hard, but when it becomes something that really led me to become unhinged in this pursuit of growth and uh, g- more growth and more growth, it just became unhealthy. And I'm finding that really with, with many people across this country where workaholism is something that is almost accepted and fifty per, almost 50%, according to Gallup, identify that way. It's pretty sad. I I hundred percent agree. That's so fifty percent of people say that they are workaholics. Yeah, there was a Gallup survey uh, that I came across from an article in Forbes that said forty eight percent self identify with workaholism, and then when you look at the the impact that is having to our families, where out of that forty eight percent, divorce is significantly higher. So of course that impacts not only the individuals, uh, the couple, but in, impacts children if there are any um, health concerns. Um, right now, burnout. Uh, almost sixty six percent of people have said they had some form of burnout hmm. in two thousand nineteen. So the health, um, the negative health impacts that's having with heart conditions and lack of sleep. And it's like the snowball effect, but I think it's, uh, I've started calling it the noble addiction because who's ever knocked anybody for being a really hard worker. Hmm. And the excuse we use is, well, I have to work hard or I really like what we do, but still it's, it's impacting us in ways from a society that I think we're going to start, we're, we're still seeing the impact and, and the impact is going to continue to grow as more time goes by and we start to see the fractures that are happening at a personal level with just relationships and health. So what is, what is the cause of it? Um, I, I think there's a, a, num- a number of causes. I don't think there's one specific cause. I think first and foremost, it, it, we are, we're so able to stay connected to our work via our phones and our our laptops. And so I read an article this morning in the UK from The Guardian that talks about um, people designing more flexible work, but 
because of their phones, they are taking time out of family time at night to go check emails, respond to calls, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one. We're, we're so much more connected than our parents' generation was, who when they left work, unless they were, you know, put stuff in papers in a bag, they were leaving work at work. That's yeah. number one. Number two, I think employers are partly to blame. Employers have this many, I'm not going to say all, but many have this drive, got to get it done, work, 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 work. Um, and I work a lot with marketers and salespeople. And my question is, has anybody died because a campaign didn't go out? <laughs> I, I can't, I've never heard a yes, but I think employers are creating this culture where, um, you, you just have to get it done. And there's a, a big difference between doing things right and doing things right now. Um, and then I think thirdly, it's individual choice in the book. I write about some research that talks about people having this desire to be the uh, the resource and the the irreplaceable resource, so they do whatever they have to do to show that they're that scarce resource that the business cannot go without. So if that means I'm going to work two hours at night, then I'll work two hours a night. And again, I think that ties back to some identity issues that we're having, where we're saying, okay, I've got to look important or at least be tabbed as important to my company, and the only way I can do that is work these insane. So I think there's a real mix of, of causes. Got it. And like we were talking about before, then the actual problem and the negative effects are people calling themselves workaholic. The majority, 66% of people feeling burned out, you know, yeah. relationships being damaged because of that and all these obviously terrible things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a tricky thing. I, 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 I hear so much about how other countries, specifically China, are creating 10 times as many engineers as, 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 as America is and how they're going to just dominate the, 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 the global economy. And, oh, my gosh, don't we need to work harder and harder to keep up with that versus, you know what, let's let's pump the brakes and recognize that it's maybe possible to be productive while not having to work 600 hours a week. Right. Yeah, it, you're certainly right. And it, it when you when you look at well, I just look at myself. So I used to in my former life would, you know, think nothing of putting in a 12 hour day or and then when I, you know, be on the couch watching TV, also be on my phone returning emails so that that 12 hour day had this consistency. And then one day, as my daughter pointed out, um, even when you're not working, you're mentally working. And so you're not available and you're not present. Uh, Just scientifically as human beings, we weren't designed for that. As a matter of fact, um, if you look at research and science, we're only capable as human beings to work at peak efficiency from a, a 90 to 120 minute sprint at a time. And then our brains literally need like 20 minutes, 15 minutes to just refresh and flush out all the mental debris. Yeah. And so I, I get more done in a six to seven hour day than I ever did in 12 hour days with better quality, uh, much more effectiveness. My creativity is off the charts. And I do wonder like what would happen if we created cultures that enabled and empowered employees to truly shut off, engage in their relationships, engage at home. I I know you'd have a happier employee, number one, and then you'd have a more productive, more creative, more energetic employee 
because you're supplying that structure. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't work hard. I work very hard. I'm not saying let the, you know, just, just let the rules go as they may and let everybody do what they want. There has to be some structure, but we were not designed to work, you know, 12, 13, 14 hour days and, and constantly be connected to our work and not have any time for self care or our own uh, relationships or even our own hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly, I certainly appreciate everything you just said. And, and I can certainly talk from personal experience that, you know, if I burn the candle at both ends, I'm just going to be tired and I will get burned out and then I'm not going to create good work at all, let alone create mm-hmm. a lot of good work. So, uh, right. so I, I appreciate that. I, 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 I saw throughout, uh, my, my, my research of you, this, this term you use called hustle porn. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah, that's actually a, a term that was coined by uh, Alexis Ohanian, who is the co-founder of Reddit. Um, and so there's this, you know, there's there's a movement out there, as much as I hate to say it, of the hustle. And it's, um, you know, you hear it from guys like Gary Vee and Grant Cardone and, you know, some of the Shark Tank guys of Kevin O'Leary and Damon John and all extremely talented individuals, um, clearly, and what they've accomplished but when I start hearing things like, you know, 95 hours is what it's going to take or nine to six isn't enough, you start to have to ask the question, like, enough for what? Hmm. What, what, what am I going to say? 95 hours, there's only 168 in the week. Right. So if I'm spending 95 hours, do I even have to in time to enjoy the fruits of my labor? And so the idea from uh, Alexis when he coined that term was it's a fantasy. It's not real. It's toxic. It's unhealthy. And um, it, it is a term that I have used. And I actually have a chapter in the book about the deconstruction of hustle porn because I think it's so important to blow up that myth that if you're not willing to do these things, you're not going to be successful. And I think that's com- that's such a fabrication and a complete lie. And I really wish those guys who, again, are extremely talented would change their talk track because I think they're polluting a whole generation that's buying into it without understanding the negative consequences that are going to happen. Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I don't know that uh, that, 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 that Grant Cardone, even if you got a hold of him, would necessarily uh, be interested in hearing about that or perhaps be capable of, of hearing it. Who who knows? But I certainly appreciate that. And how far we've come from Tim Ferriss' four-hour work week to now Gary Vee's 95-hour work week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gary V. Gary talked about nine to six isn't enough. Grant talks about 95 hours a week. And then O'Leary talks about, you know, be willing to work 25 hours a day. So now we've got to fabricate mm. time that doesn't exist in order to get ahead. And and again, I don't know if any of those guys would, would listen. Um, I, I've met Gary V. very briefly, like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Loved your talk. That was about it. I don't know the other guys, but they are definitely the ones who've put themselves out there to lead this charge and the, the unhealthy uh, message that it's sending to uh, professionals and, and would-be professionals who are still in college. I know a lot of people who rally around the Gary V flag, and I got to tell you, there's no upside to it from a personal perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that 
that's probably going to be one of those things, Carlos, that uh, the people are going to have to, uh, if they are all in on that whole deal, uh, just figure it out for themselves and and, and, yep. and and make their own mistakes. And, and hopefully, hopefully it doesn't take too long to do that. I hope not. But I know from from my work how important it is to to be able to to know and understand what your values are because that informs how we how we utilize and how we how we spend our most valuable resources time attention money and yep. so wanted to get your take on that yeah, you know, it, it's interesting with my first company, um, we had a set of values that we would talk about as a company and that we would want to instill in our employees and we viewed them every kickoff. Um, but I think there's a difference between defining that and then making that actually your purpose. So with what we do here at Vision CX, the current company that I, that I uh, own and run with my wife, um, we have one, we've defined our purpose in a very simple word called transformation. And really what that does is it aligns back to our desire to want to help people. And so we talk about transformation with our clients, helping our clients both personally and corporately do better, uh, transformation with all the partners we have the joy to work with. And then also transformation on, just the lives that we encounter. So part of what we do is we live out that purpose by giving a up to 5% of our um, uh, profits away each and every year to different nonprofits that we work with. And then we also go and my wife is very active with uh, an organization in Africa. So she goes over three times a year to work with women in Africa in education and long-term sustainability. And then actually in a few days, I'll be joining her on a trip. So this will be my second time over there with her. But so that's, that's to me the difference between just talking about your values and actually living them out and and defining, you know, as you said, how are you going to spend that time, money and resource? Well, it truly is a guide to the point of saying, you know, we have things that come our way and say, does that align to our value? It doesn't. So we're not going to do it. Doesn't mean they're wrong and we're right. It just means we have different, different uh, purposes and what we're trying to do. So we we just don't think this would be a good fit. Yeah, and that all. I mean, yeah. So I appreciate everything you just said, and and what an awesome opportunity to be able to to identify. Hey, I'm passionate, and I see impact in 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 going to africa and to be able to 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 serve women over there and then to be able to do it together what 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 an incredible thing and obviously you've set up your your life and 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 your work and 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 your time to be able to do that so i'm Mm -hmm. sure that intention played an incredible part in that so how how do you well and let me take that one step further. Obviously, you can you you wouldn't be able to do that if you were working twenty five hours a day, right? So values also play into right. how you're going to structure really everything, but certainly your your work day or just your day in general. Yeah, a hundred percent, and that's a lot of what I talk about as well is work life boundaries and. I chose the term boundaries because I think boundaries are much more permanent and much more established. And so what that did for us is it really, especially for myself, I I started to think through and actually write down the things that I value most. Um, And again, that that my boundaries would have been different uh, when my children were little and still at home. But I, I, I literally said, you know, one of the biggest things I value is time with my wife. 
Um, I also value my work, my company, what we do for our clients, the deliverables we produce. So I set up time to maximize both of those things. Um, so for instance, every morning when I'm home, if I'm not traveling, I start because I max, I value time with my wife. I start my day with coffee at our kitchen table with my wife and we spend anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes Sometimes just staring out the window, still trying to wake up, uh, sometimes in really deep conversation. But then I also have time where during the weekday, it is my work time and I am laser focused and I am not distracted and I remove my distractions because I value my work. But then I also put that down and I value my fitness and my health. So I spend time at the gym. So I think we can all do that. And I hear a lot, well, you know, you work for yourself. It's easy. We can, that's an excuse to say, well, I work for a company. I can. There's been plenty of people who work for companies who can. And I think managers even more so should enable and empower their people to do just that. And again, get more out of them because we all have different things that are pulling on us. In, in our lives, whether it's personal or professional, we should be able to bring the best of ourselves to each of those. Yeah, I think amen to all of that. And I, I love the idea of work-life boundaries versus work-life balance. I've always hated mm -hmm. that term. What the, the, right. the term that I've always, I, I, I talk about having rhythm to your life, but I also think that, that work-life boundaries is, is brilliant. I've never heard that before. So, and that, I, I think uh, I, as I'm listening, it does... I mean, it comes back to that that intention, and I think it's a huge excuse if you say, oh, "Well, geez, I'm I'm working at X Y Z company, I'm not able to do that." Like, well, maybe not, but have you have you brought it up? Have have you done the work to say this is the day that I would like to have? And have you then asked your employer? I, I think I'll still be extremely um, productive, even more so if I can structure my day this way. Yeah, I, I, asking is great. And here's the thing. And, and my wife and I were talking about it this weekend and she she reminded me and I thought it was so powerful. If they reject that and it's not the life you want, go find a new job. Yeah. Why do we resign ourselves to say, well, this is how it is. You know, my boss said no. All right. If you're in a situation where your boss is saying, nope, we're not going to do that. And you say, well, I know that this is what's best for me. I'm not saying to pull a Jerry Maguire and walk out of the, <laughs> walk out of the office, but you can start with one small step to say, you know what, I'm not, I, I've got to do what's best for me and my family or my relationships or whomever. So take a small step and say, I'm, I'm going to brush up my resume tonight because I can't stay in a situation that truly isn't going to empower me to bring the best of myself to work and the best of myself to my personal life. Yeah. You don't have to be resigned and stay in a bad situation. So are, 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 what are the, the key areas of life that, that you say, okay, you want to have the best life, you, you really want to flourish, here's, here's where you need to set boundaries. Is it, is it my physical health, family, what, what are those? Yeah, I talk about holistic health. And for me, and this is just my definition, I talk about personal, professional, uh, relational, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So those six areas. And so I do look and say, how can I guard time? And how can I structure? Sometimes it's week to week, sometimes it's month to month, where I'm going to maximize and bring my the best of myself 
to these things. So, for instance, in February, I'm 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 right now literally looking at all of the different um, commitments we have across the country, and I'm I'm already starting to think through. Okay, so what days am I going to take? to make sure that I'm putting the best of myself into my relationships with my wife, Suzanne. So for instance, tomorrow we're taking a ski day. I live here in Colorado. Hopefully the slopes will be empty. It's a Tuesday. So we'll be good. But I'm doing that because I also know we're traveling together. It's going to be intense. And then I get back and my February is built up. So how am I going to maximize that time uh, from a health perspective? What am I going to do when I'm on the road to eat well and, you know, make sure that I'm working out? So I, there's some planning that has to be done, at least some mental thought that has to be given to those things. But for me, those are the six that I look at to say, how do I put some guardrails around that to make sure that I'm getting the most? And then I'm doing it in community. So my wife is is awesome in, in as a sounding board and also a, a gut check for me to say, hey, how am I doing living within these and do I need to recalibrate? Because it's never a set it and forget it. It's a discipline. And sometimes you fall out of, you fall out of rhythm. You fall out of, outside those boundaries. And it, it's a great thing to have people who want to see you do what's best for you and help move you back into that space where you're operating at peak efficiency. Yeah, I think that that's great. And I mean, we're always going to fall out of that, right? It's 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 just it's just going to happen. There's different seasons of, of, of life and different things going on and pulling us away from them. But it's just a right. matter of recognizing that and then moving it back in. Yeah, and I think once you you know, just like with any discipline, once you start to live that way, and I've been I've been doing this now for about three years, you start to sense like, oh, what is going on? What is I'm just not feel I'm feeling off, or I'm feel, and then you're like, oh, yeah, because uh, of this, and these are the things. So, just last week, I said to my wife, I've got to get back in with the holidays. We had kids home, and I said I got to get back into the the gym routine sure. because I just I just feel off and it wasn't like I you know put on 30 pounds or anything like that <laughs> but you just feel off and you start to know that so you're going to start to recognize some areas and just voicing that to somebody kind of builds an accountability to them to say these are the things I'm going to do to get back within my boundaries and my disciplines yeah I love it I think that that's such great stuff well, Carlos, one of the questions that, that we always like to ask, we like to ask, if you could make one plea knowing that the entire world would hear it, what would that plea be? Yeah, I would, uh, my big plea is let's, let's stop making work and our professions the center of our lives. Because at the end of the day, when we're memorialized or when we're at the end of our lives, nobody is going to talk about, I wish I worked more. I wish I gave more time to the company. Uh, I wish I had closed one more deal. You're going to talk about your relationships and your experiences with those relationships. And so I believe work is noble. I believe hard work is valuable, but I don't believe it defines who we are. And we are we are all guilty of making it far too important in our lives and we're paying dearly for it. So I would just ask what's holding you back to make one small change to recalibrate your life and really start uh, getting the most out of it, both professionally and personally. Yeah, I love it. I think that's excellent. So tell us how people can engage with you. Uh, tell us, 
yeah, tell us how they can engage with you, um, the kind of people that you want to be working with and all that good stuff. Yeah, they can, uh, th- there's a couple of places they can go to the unamericandream.com um, and look at some articles we've written. They can also get, get access to the book there, which is also on Amazon. Um, they'll see some videos. Uh, we do offer some some coaching, so if they want to do that, they can go to vismcx.com. That's V-I-S-U-M-C-X.com. You can follow me on Twitter at C-A Hidalgo, H-I-D-A-L-G-O, or just email me at carlos at theunamericandream.com. Perfect. Well, I love it. I think we covered some really, really excellent ground right there. So go check out Carlos and everything that they're working on at theunamericandream.com. Follow him on Twitter. Give us the uh, the website again for the coaching. Yeah, vismcx.com. That's V-I-S as in Sam, U-M-C-X.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Carlos. George, thanks so much. Have a great day. And- Thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, keep questioning because the struggle is real.